It's awful and I'm sick of it and I'm angry. Welcome. This is Off the Charts, a stellar newscast. Well, what is Elizabeth talking about? She's talking about this incredibly disgusting school shooting of babies in Texas. We're actually recording this for the second time because we were so angry and so emotional, even though as astrologers, we can more easily put this into a context. That doesn't mean that we don't feel emotion about this and that we don't have a reaction. We're, We're recording this a second time because... We've had 24 hours to really think deeply about the astrology surrounding this uniquely American tragedy. And we want to confer the the deeper meanings and and leave you all with a sense of hope because it's really hard to find hope when this just seems to be endless, a relentless attack on goodness. I'm Whitney Fishburne in Washington. This is my colleague, co-host, and fellow astrologer, Elizabeth Grace in New York. Hello. We're both renegades from corporate media who report and analyze the cosmic impulses behind the news. We not only want to show you how the media manipulates you into working against your best interests, we want to help you anticipate the cycles and trends in the world, like what we've just witnessed. So you can see the world truly is not a random, chaotic, scary place. It is not. It is part of an ensouled universe where cycles within cycles point to there being a greater consciousness. And if you get to know these cycles, the chaos and the scariness and the random sense of things starts to to diminish. There is a larger intelligence that we believe is more awesome than we tiny yet amazing humans will ever be. And we don't have to understand what the cosmic impulses are and where they come from. We just need to participate, and that's what we do here. We encourage you to participate in the unfoldment of what the universe has in store. I really think we need to emphasize the importance of that, that there is an unfoldment of a new paradigm, but we'll come back to that. All right. Mercury is retrograde, and Mercury is uh, almost on Algol, so we can all be losing our heads. This is the second one, the second mass shooting that we've had with an 18-year-old with an assault rifle not a handgun, assault rifle, although we've had some handgun incidences yesterday as well. And uh, the synchronicity with these astrological patterns is that the first mass shooting that really got our attention in Buffalo came as Jupiter, which is the principle of expansion, makes things bigger. That's what it does. Uh, Was entering Aries, which is... uh, the first sign of the zodiac. It's ruled by Mars. Mars is the god of war. Uh, it's he, Mars represents courage on the on the upside. You know the, the courage to be a hero or a, war, a warrior for good, but it also represents uh, steel and iron, the color red, and and anger and firearms. And so astrologers are looking at May and going, okay. Um, we're going to likely see an uptick, a demand of our attention in these matters. And first degree of Aries is always, always, always going to attract our attention. It is always, always, always going to put Ted Cruz in the news as he is again. And um, that's, and so Mars. That's the Ted Cruz 
That's the, that's, that's the, the Ted, Ted Cruz mobile. That's the Ted I'll Cruz mobile. In the Any background. Day. Woot, woot, I'm here. Woot, woot. Anytime, <laughs> anytime you have a planet at the Aries point, which is zero degrees of Aries, Cancer. Any of the cardinal signs. The cardinal, the cardinal signs. The cardinal signs are the signs can, that get things going. You can, they attract attention, right? They move. And you can bet we're going to be that Ted Cruz is going to be in the news. And he is in the news again uh, today. And, and the reason for that is because he has a, a cardinal, he has an Aries he, he point. Has, he has planets at the Aries point. So he's kind of our barometer to see if the Aries point planets are functioning as designed because you, you just, he's going to get our attention. And Elizabeth Warren will be right there behind him. Okay, because she also has planets at the Aries point. And anyway, uh, so yesterday, Mars uh, is interesting because this, this yesterday's shooting, you were, you were saying yesterday's shooting in Texas did not happen with Mars in Aries. It happened with Mars at the very, very, very yeah. last degree of Pisces. Let me jump in here, Elizabeth, and no, just say- jump in. Yeah, I'm yeah. setting you up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, t- you know, in our last episode, episode seven, we talked about this. We talked yeah. about this very thing. We talked about that sense at the at the 29th degree of Pisces of this kind of like, oh, I can't go on. And it's so tragic and dramatic and whatever it happens to be. But with Mars there. So this is how this unfolded for me yesterday. I, I sat down to write the show outline and I was looking at the um, real time clock in the software the, uh, you know, basically the ephemeris software. And I saw that Mars was at 29 degrees of Pisces and the moon had just in that moment sailed right on over into Aries, meaning it was translating the light between Jupiter and Aries. So big around all those themes you've already mentioned, because Aries is ruled by Mars in the language of astrology, as you say. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I want to explain translating the uh, the light. So what the moon was doing was bringing Mm -hmm. a message Right. A message from this exactly. Mars at the very end of the line going, mm-hmm. I can't go on, nothing. Mm-hmm. So the moon, which is driving the energy of the day with its me, me first, me get there first, me be impulsive, me get something started, is taking a message over to Jupiter, which is mm-hmm. it, which is in Aries, mm-hmm. expanding the me, expanding aggression, warfare. Yeah, they're tightly knit together there because Jupiter is uh, the ruler of Pisces. The moon is leaving Pisces and moving over into Aries. Aries is the uh, is ruled by Mars. Mm-hmm. Mars and Jupiter are right there with the moon in between them. And there's this mutual reception because Jupiter who rules Pisces is actually in Aries. So it's in Mars's temple. There's just this real support for right. this idea of, I can't take it anymore. I want to do something about it. And then, and then knowing at the 29th degree of Pisces, there's Mars falling into Aries. And that's how I was seeing it and feeling it. And then I got the news because mm. I hadn't, I, I, when I work, I, and I was working all day yesterday, I, I don't take in any media. I just work. So I, you know, this had been several hours going on. I had no idea. And I was looking at the clock at the real time clock. And then I saw the news and I went, Oh my God, this is just, I mean, astrology is just chillingly accurate sometimes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because here we had this mutual support now. And the other thing I wanted to point out was I wanna, that- I want to explain mutual yeah, reception. Ahead. So the mutual okay. reception. Yeah, so let's explain what we're talking about with mutual reception. Mutual reception means that, okay, so Mars was in Pisces, which is the sign that Jupiter rules in classical astrology. So Jupiter is looking at this Mars in Pisces and going, ooh, I like that. And Jupiter 
is in Aries, which is the sign Mars rules. So Mars looks at Jupiter over there and goes, oh, I like that too. So you have this mutual <laughs> attraction. Let's yeah. get something started. Let's literally blow something up like it's the yeah. end of the world. Exactly. That's one potential. I mean, there's some, yeah. I mean, uh, other people, like I said, I had a great day yesterday. I, I know. Day. <laughs> and then I bummed you out. And I look at the news and I'm like, oh, but here, yeah so another way to put it and, and thank you thank you for being the one to actually remind me to speak english um or you know the the normal to language instead always of be astrology. translating yeah always <laughs> always be translating always be translating the life and another way to put this is um you know, I think it's cute. Um, I like that, but it's just basically, oh, I'm going to support you with everything and I'm going to support you with everything. So now we've got two gods in support of one another's, you know, they're not judging it. They're not saying that's a good idea or that's a bad idea. They're just saying we're doing it because this is the energy. So exactly. in this case, Mars at the end of Pisces, and, and I'm going to hand it over to you in a second because I want you to get into the shooter's chart because that is, whoa, that is amazing how his chart lines up with the astrology of this. But anyway, so there's Mars at the end of Pisces, 29 degrees, the anoretic degree, so the crises degree. So And not just the 29th degree of Pisces, but it's also moving into, as you've already pointed out, the Aries point. So the point of catalyzation. So where, where the match Dominance. is... Yeah, and the, where the match is always going to get struck, always. So here's this energy of tragedy and drama and weltschmerz and it is falling into the fuck it energy i'm gonna do something about it and here we have jupiter who's just gone through pisces and all of that religious spiritual yumminess and now it's in the house of war so holy rolling and this goes right back to episode seven we talked about this we said holy rolling is coming your way folks i think anybody paying attention knew that i was alluding to that and here it is. Tell us about this guy's chart, and then we can talk about why this is not over yet. Okay, well, there are a lot of charts that are lit up by this. So first, I want to put another another thing that's going on. So we had Mars and Jupiter in Aries at the Aries point, demanding attention, forcing us to focus on matters of war and guns and steel. I mean, you know, just side topic. The, the steel mill, the steel plant in the Ukraine that, that has fallen has been in the news. And it's very interesting that it's a steel plant that is demanding our attention. You know, it's not, they're not making, I don't know, they're not making Coca-Cola. It's, it's not an aspirin factory. It's not, it's not an aspirin factory. <laughs> like in Sarajevo back in the 90s. Right, thank you. It's a steel plant that's demanding, that's in the news. Okay, so this is reflecting Jupiter and Mars in Aries, which rules steel. All right. So, there are, so the other thing to keep in mind as to why so much is likely to feel like it's blowing up and people are losing their heads over the next couple of weeks is because... Mercury is retrograde. Okay, so it's moving backwards and bringing things up for review. And it is just backed into Taurus. It did that yesterday. I think it did it yesterday or the day before. So as it, as it goes back in the late degrees of Taurus, it's going to do two things. One is it's going to hit 27 degrees of Taurus, which corresponds to the fixed star that we've talked about before, Algol. 
which is associated with the Gorgon's head, the Medusa, and losing one's head and decapitation, such like that. So that, okay. And what's important about 27 Taurus, that part of the Zodiac is that this degree was where the lunar eclipse of November Mm -hmm. 19th, 2021 fell. Mm -hmm. And we just had another eclipse at 25 Scorpio Mm -hmm. and Taurus that was happened on May 16th. So what, so eclipses they warned you we you, we you warned, warned people you. i did, we I did. they, yeah. they, they yep. accelerate the process yep. it's like you know but, but the way they work is you have an eclipse and it doesn't mean that the world that things happen right away like the day of the eclipse that's not how they function in my observation what happens is you have an you have an eclipse at a certain point in the zodiac wherever that falls in your unique horoscope or whatever horoscope you're looking at and as the planets continue to move through the cosmos, because they do, when a planet makes contact with the eclipse location, it activates, it activates the eclipse, which is going to either have a genie jump out of the bottle, move something forward, which irrevocably changes the game plan or a curtain falls and something is taken out of your life so that you can move on. The whole point again is to get you to move forward. When Mars activates an eclipse point, it often reflects in a act of violence that Mm -hmm. the the whole world experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can't miss it. You can't miss it. Jupiter (laughs) also, right. Jupiter will also be a big deal. And we talked about that, um, you know, with the eclipses that preceded the outbreak of COVID, um, we could see that Mars and Jupiter activated that the eclipse, one of the eclipses that came just before the COVID outbreak. And so even though I, as an astrologer, wasn't anticipating specifically that it was going to be a major, you know, pandemic. I did think that in mid-March of 2020, we were going to have a reason, for some reason, extremes of necessary control that were going to just grab our attention. And that's when we went into lockdown. Mm -hmm. mostly around the world. So to me, the the eclipse was able to be using it as a timing tool to anticipate when stuff is going to happen. It is pretty amazing. So people and entities with planets that are our points that are affected by an eclipse are going to respond more personally to an eclipse than others. Sometimes if it's really, really prominently happening in a person's chart, then it doesn't necessarily have to wait for the trigger of Mars or whatever. It could just be immediate. Yes, it could, but you could still use the future transits to that point as a timing tool. Absolutely. Okay, So, and eclipses last for months, in the case of lunar eclipses, are sometimes years. Well, what do you mean by that? You mean you mean the effects? So the it doesn't mean that the, yeah. It doesn't mean that astronomically that the sun and the moon never move. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. The effect of it. So, for example, one thing. Uh, it was very interesting to go back and look at an eclipse that we had back in 2014, because um, there were tr- there were the configuration of that particular eclipse was triggered by Mars in I think it was July, and that's when the Russians shot down that passenger plane over Ukraine and they actually moved their, mm-hmm. their missile into Ukraine, fired it from Ukraine, and then went back to Russia 
trying to, this, I was just reading this in a, a Bill Browder's a latest book called um, Freezing Order. So he mentioned that fact, that this was a fact. The Russians did put their, put, they actually went into Ukraine, fired this missile, shot down a plane, and then went back to Russia. The point is, is that particular eclipse, there was an eclipse in April of 2014. And when Russia invaded Ukraine in, in February, 2022, you could see how planets at that moment were activating you know where they were where they were respective to that eclipse in april so the april 2014 eclipse was tied to the shooting to the missile that brought down that passenger plane in july i think june or july of 2014 and you could still see how that eclipse in april of 2014 was relevant to the next one of the one of the next subsequent steps in the story, which is that Russia invaded Ukraine. You just look at the chart for the eclipse and you can and use it as a timing tool to say, okay, something something explosive is going to happen. So you look at the you look at the chart for the just like just like we're doing with the chart for, for example, the November 19th, 2021 lunar eclipse, where you have the moon at 27 degrees Taurus. Anytime a planet makes a challenging aspect to 27 Taurus or Scorpio, for example. Because they're on the same axis. Because they're on the same axis. We may see a release of energy that's tied back to the to, to same storyline that, that, that comes into play in that lunar eclipse. Okay, but... We have a very intriguing overlay here, and that is that the the Ramos the well let me the, let the me shooter get, let, yeah right 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 so let me get so it's not just his chart so we know he was born May sixteenth two thousand four all right so here's what he has in common with some other charts that were all affected by these eclipses that we've been talking about the one that happened on November, May sixteenth May sixteenth and the one from November nineteenth all right so this. 18-year-old dead mass murderer, uh, sun, S-U-N, 26 degrees of Taurus, okay, 26 Taurus. So he, his, he was eclipsed in, on that November 19th, 2021 eclipse. And so we would be looking at his horoscope wondering what's going to happen when it is triggered that's mm-hmm. a technical term for it, or activated by another planet. Now, we also look at the horoscope for the NRA, which is having its conference this week with Mars oh. and Jupiter at the mm-hmm. Aries point, again, putting a prominent focus on matters of guns. And so their timing of their meeting is just, you know, no, no surprise here. Okay, so the NRA, the sun pretty much it's 2456. So it's 25 Scorpio and their midheaven is 28 Scorpio. So they're part of the drama <laughs> of this eclipse among other planets oh that are God. pretty amazing in your chart, which I sent to you. Then we have the chart for the Republican party. 
The one that I use is July 6th, 101 p.m., 1854 in Jackson, Michigan. That's the one that I, I find uh, interesting. I, link, I will include these. I'll uh, put links to yeah, these books. And so in the, in the chart for the Republican Party for using that particular date, we've got the moon at 25 degrees of Scorpio and the south node at 28 Scorpio and the north node at 28 Taurus. They're all uh, affected by this storyline. Not just affected, but they are also the key players. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. that's the interesting thing to me is not it's, just, it's not just some seemingly random actor in this passion play is is blowing up and suddenly getting roped in. It is all the key actors in this play every time it is performed. Their charts, these same actors, and okay, so the shooter is not necessarily it's not the same shooter in every time, but the shooters own chart puts him in a starring role and the rest of the people involved the rest of the actors involved their charts are intimately bound by the transits and by the eclipses so it's it's and and would have been any other time that this was going on and had these same transit patterns so that's the other it's it's another moment of chillingness when you realize how astrology really can help you put things into perspective. Now, does that mean we're all doomed to this going over and over and happening over and we're just going to have to, you know, like go down in flames? Not necessarily. And, and that's what I wanted to get back to when I was saying I wanted to make sure that we emphasize that there are there are patterns and we can learn to ride with them and accept them and, and not be devastated by them. But again, I'll come back to that. Um, I just I just wanted to call that out. That's amazing. These are all the same players. Yeah. They're, they're all of in and this particular mass shooting is the one that happens at this time when patterns from our perspective on planet Earth suggest we are going to pay attention yeah. to whatever is happening right now that reflects these mm-hmm. themes. So this yeah. one might be maybe this. I mean, I was trying to be, I was trying to find something hopeful out of this. Uh, you know, you know, it's like good. Like, what's his face? Let me take that. Let me let me okay. say it because last week in my other newsletter and occasional podcast called Documental, I wrote a piece that I put a lot of thought into. We live under occupation. We are an occupied nation, mm. and, and and that is because um, no, nothing in our lives really is free. It isn't. I mean, I don't. We don't live with liberty. We're told we did, but we don't, and that's because pretty much. We've come to, and I know some people overreact and they get so emotional about this, and, but we have come to the end, it's end stage capitalism. And astrologically, we talk about this, we know this, it's at the end of Capricorn right now. We're having our Pluto return as a nation at the end of Capricorn. So you know. let's pause and, and I and explain that briefly. Yeah, let's just get ready who, to go right who, ahead. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so Pluto at the end of Capricorn is affecting not just the United States, but everybody in the world, because Pluto is at the end of Capricorn for everybody right right now capricorn is rule refers to governmental structures and corporatism mm-hmm. okay. and it is ruled by saturn which is um, you know rigid right exactly the structures of everything and now we need saturn in our 3d reality because otherwise we would collapse we wouldn't have a roof <laughs> over our head okay right. it would be very it would be really it would, we would be just like this disembodied entity it would be uncomfortable we wouldn't be able to get anything done and we'd have no sense of time we wouldn't be able to plan things without Saturn because we would have no sense of time. Once which, again, illustrating that all of the gods, all of the planets are neutral. 
Exactly. They don't care what we do with it. It's, there's nobody's making a judgment here. Pluto at the end of Capricorn. When we have a planet at the very end of any sign, it is a planet in crisis. There's a sense of urgency about it. And so we can expect that those most likely to be affected by any breakdown, which is what Pluto does, it breaks things down, it composts things. It, it is the phoenix rising from the ashes that emerges without all of the dreck and gunk. It's like, it's like a psychic roto-rooter. You, know, you wanna unclog your drains, you call Pluto. That's who comes in. <laughs> That's who comes and, and cleans out your drains, right? Oh, it, God, it gets I all the crap out of the pipes. That's what Pluto does. Like, or not okay i'm gonna start using a plunger as my sigil for exactly. <laughs> plumbing the depths literally okay and plumbing to saturn which is lead but anyway okay so anyway so some people who are most affected by pluto tearing down and breaking down all the corruption are the dinosaurs that are clinging to their old forms yeah so so capitalism right. is at that point right because yeah. that's where it is but it is exacerbating the tendencies of capitalism, which are predicated on a a linear paradigm, that's just simply what it does. And I've hierarchy. Spent, yeah, I'm getting ready to say that it's a hierarchy. I've spent a lot of time writing about this and explaining it. I'm going to put the link to the the piece that I wrote last week. But briefly, hierarchy requires, and particularly a capitalist system of hierarchy requires that you look up, but not look up at the stars. Look up only at the capital and the capital is Latin, comes from the Latin capitas for head. All right, so you're always focused on the head. You're always focused up, 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 okay? And what no. does Aries rule? The head. And what did Mars and Jupiter at early Aries at the Aries point? So A crisis over the head. So we're focusing, <laughs> exactly, so we're focused on the head. Okay, yes. We're, we're, and, we're, and okay, and so that occupation is coming from the top down. Mm -hmm. And I wrote about how that was impacting resources and i've been talking about that and i've talked about it in several of our episodes here but we have depleted our resources in this country in this world because we don't regenerate we are not receptive and feminine and you know receiving and then giving no we're just taking and moving up we're hoarders well it's more than no, that we're so always no, no, no what i mean in this system is the system is set up so that the top three people in the world mm -hmm. are hoarding the capital mm -hmm. And then not putting it back into the system, which is what a cyclical thing would do if we were a mountain streams or something, you know, the water would flow down, it would go back up into the air and it would come down. I mean, you'd have this right. cycle going on. So you're always replenished. But in our system, we've got the three people at the top of the food chain that are hanging on to all the toys. They are hoarding the power. Yeah. They have the power. And so they have to occupy us to keep the power and all of our resources, whether it be our creativity and our jobs, our, our energy to do our jobs, we always are handing it up, right? We're always offering it up. We are sacrificing it up. And you hear the language, you know, what are you willing to give up? Up, like mm. literally up, mm. moving it mm. up, okay? And if it's, and if we're talking about the, the resources of the planet, we give up fresh water, we give up clean air, we give, we just give it all up and it goes up. And as you say, it gets hoarded up, up, and up and then it trickles down. So you know, like it doesn't a, trickle but down. It doesn't trickle down. I know. Wait, that's but, a, that's even if it, but here's the thing, even if it did trickle down, it wouldn't be enough. Even if it did trickle down, who, who in their right mind would agree? Oh yes, I'm going to live right. on a trickle. What? 
Are you so, kidding? When you're thirsty, you go to your faucet and you're sitting there willing to wait five hours for a trickle to fill your bathtub. I mean, get well, real. I, what was I'm this? Sorry, two epi- two, well, because two episodes ago, we explored this. There are people, I think it's the town of Chennai, India. They don't have any water. They have to walk miles to get water. We made that decision for them. Because of the way that our paradigm currently uses resources, it implies, it is implicit, some of us will be deemed better enough to have access to resources, whereas others will not. And it's just an implied choice, whether we actually are the ones to make it, it gets made. Yeah. And who's making those choices, really? The ones at the top. Whether they're consciously making those choices or not, it doesn't matter. They're the ones whose actions... To decide what happens to the rest of us and therefore we are occupied we're told we're free but we're not really okay and steve kerr or care he said, he said uh, well so actually if you yeah. were scott and mm-hmm. if you were scottish it'd be car okay, <laughs> steve steve Carr. Carr. okay. he yesterday tell a, everybody in, who he is he is the uh, basketball coach for the golden state warriors okay. his exact language was we are being held hostage mm-hmm. by 50 senators who refuse to actually vote on anything that would purport anyhow to do anything about that the majority of people in this country want and occupied is such a good word because you know if you're occupied it also means that we are occupied we are occupied meaning we have to focus on this busyness and and thinking about you know why is it in the interest of people to keep the minimum wage at seven dollars and 25 cents an hour why why you know because because when you're when you can, when you must focus 100% of your energies on putting food in your mouth, you don't have any leisure yeah, time you're or distracted. luxury time, you cannot take the time to focus on changing the system because you are simply focused on basic survival. And survival. you may be angry about the fact that you can only focus on basic survival, but you may not really be able to do anything about it. Which is why, that's why we're depressed as a nation, anxious as a nation. We're distracted away from actually seeing the truth. We get to the point where we go, well, I, I, wait a minute, this isn't fair. And we want to do something about it. But instead, we're too busy having to survive and fight for the crumbs, for the trickles, as you're talking for about. And that is why we are doing what we're doing, Elizabeth, because the media helps perpetuate that cycle of distraction. Because our attention taking our attention, colonizing our minds, keeping us occupied in that way, taking all of our attention and and invading our minds with whatever message they want to give us, that's how they continue to keep their power. And so this uh, this was the point I was going to make. Nothing is sacred. And this is why mm. this is why we're going to continue to see this happening. And we're going to talk about what should give us hope. But here's why, you know, I look at this as as a nation occupied. We we're talking about the end stage capitalism. And it is important to remember that if we are at the end stage of capitalism, then we're going to see the bones splinter, okay? The hips are going to give out. And particularly on the hips are going to splinter and we're going to tumble. We're at the 28th degree with our, our Pluto return. It's in our house of money as a nation. Yes, so, yes. So this, so just to... And here goes, there's the alarm, the horn outside going, pay attention. Yeah, pay attention. So just to clarify... <laughs> For the United States, Pluto at the end of Capricorn is especially significant because that's where Pluto is in the horoscope of the United States. This is the so, one that we use uh, for the signing of the Declaration of Independence. And so we can see globally everyone wrestling with capitalism and 
corporatism and patriarchy and authoritarianism versus democracy with Pluto at the end of Capricorn. But for the United States, it's, it's even more personally significant. Yeah, it's about our resources. That would be what we're in we're our focused. values. Our values. Our values. They're what getting roto rooted. Value. So here's what this roto rooting brings up, and this goes back to that occupation. So you've got these fifty white knuckling dinosaurs because they themselves are the dinosaurs. They have these ossified views that are chauvinistic, linear, hierarchical. Puts them at the top implies that they're better than the rest of us. All of that is implied. And, and you know, you can't argue away from that. And you can propagandize away from that, but you can't argue away from that. So that's happening. But I want to at least address this notion that nothing is sacred and why that makes shooting children inevitable. Because I do see that as an inevitability. Because if after Sandy Hook, we didn't want to take action, where we saw 22 babies blown up. Now, I, I had to interview the medical examiner who, who examined all of those dead babies, five-year-olds. Yeah. I was covering an American College of Surgeons meeting, and he was there to advocate the use of tourniquets because in the mm -hmm. day, uh, in days and age of you know, the mass shooting events with these assault rifles or other military-grade weapons, we're not talking about bullet holes and you bleed. We're talking about you're exploded and you bleed to death almost immediately. These kids did not die from their specific, you know, wounds or injuries, like a, you know, like a, a shot off hand or something. No, they bled to death almost immediately because these weapons, they blow you up. These are military weapons. Yeah, this is an important point. They I explode don't know, I don't the know body. If, yeah, the people don't get, I don't know if everybody realizes that the weapons that are out there we're not talking about a handgun with a little mm -hmm. dainty pearl handle that, you know, Nancy Reagan tucks in her purse. They're identifying the children who were killed yesterday. It's like they need the, they need their family's DNA in they order need the to DNA. identify these the bodies babies because... were exploded. Yeah. This is what this is this is the hill that that the people uh, but, you know in the NRA and the Republicans uh, many right. of them are dying are willing to die on you know? well and 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 the rest of us have to go with them and this is my again I'm going back to the occupation of us the occupation as a when you have to continually push everything up cut out anything being receptive or being cyclical or being in this way internal and it's just all simply you know masculine in the sense that it is extroverted it is centrifugal it is out 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 all the time always going up up. Up. That okay. that does away with anything being sacred. Okay, death is not sacred. Now this is an interesting thing to me. So, you know, Rick Scott, Florida, former Florida governor and senator from Florida, he is arguably. I, I found a bunch of different sources. I'll put them in the um, show notes. But he's probably the biggest perpetrator of Medicaid fraud in our history, in U.S. history, and he did it by uh, a private equity takeover of um, hospice care. So not even our deaths are sacred to this guy. And he's one of the ones who is, you know, the usual suspect over like nearly two billion dollars in fines for having not done what he said he was going to do by taking over hospice. And that's that way of I'm only going to suck the profit out of something that should be to care for you. But it's not sacred. Caring is not sacred. And so our children, why should we think they are sacred? They are a resource. I talked about this on the last episode. Why are preteen suicide rates so high? Because the children understand, this is my take on it. Nobody knows, right? Science can't figure it out. And I'm telling them from my perspective as an astrologer and as somebody who is, who is versed in mental health from the clinical perspective, 
These kids feel the despair. They know they are the sacrificial lambs. They are the generation that's coming up and should be the ones that will do whatever needs to get done to, to further our civilization. But in this paradigm, they're the sacrificial lambs. And I think they're saying, hey, man, I'm checking out. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Nothing is sacred. And that is why we're going to see children shot because there is nowhere to turn for these 18-year-olds who do not have an outlet that is receptive to knowing what is powerful and bigger than us. And we all have a homing device for something that is bigger and, tower and powerful than each of us. And there are two ways we can get there. One is through beauty and the other is through violence. Those are the ways you know God. Those are the ways you know what is awesome and bigger. You know it by feeling that power drawing you to it through beauty or through violence. Both are pure. And if we have not allowed our children to have experiences of pure beauty, they've only got one other avenue. And that is why I say this will continue. And that and the fact that our, our Second Amendment is interpreted as um, not a covenant between people and their arms, but God and your right to have that gun. So the, you know, I think that the way that you can boil down the way the Second Amendment gets interpreted is that Mars Neptune square in the Sibley chart, which says, you know, basically God said I can have this gun. So don't you dare think you can take it away from me because you are in the face of God if you want my gun. The, the Mars Neptune square in the horoscope of the United States, the Mars Neptune square in the US horoscope, which suggests potential idealization of heroic figures such as a cowboy or a soldier or a firearm and also escapist tendencies like op opioid addiction but also hollywood our beautiful film industry that the that it is wonderfully unique to the united states that we've exported around the world that would be maybe that's an upside potential of this this fantasy i i, I do love my westerns Okay. All right. So <laughs> my cowboys so, and their guns. You were talking about being occupied and not having leisure time to contemplate things like art and beauty and, and, you know, reading a book, things like that. And Heather Cox Richardson, one of my favorite, I read her letters from an American every day. She's a historian and she's been writing for the last couple of years, a letter outlining the major news from a historian's perspective. So most of it has to do with politics. Whatever happened that day, similar to what I've been doing for 13 years from an astrological perspective. Mm -hmm. But what she does is she, she says, like astrologers do, she says, hey, this is what happened today. And oh, by the way, this is when we had a similar thing going on. So we've all been here before. But she talked about a couple of days ago, the Lyndon Johnson's Great Society speech that was given in May of 1964, in which he put forth this vision of a country where America would create, we would have leisure time. This great society, society is kind of an Aquarian word, you know, it's group thinking. And it's interesting because Saturn had just- Well, not, not group think, like group um, propaganda. And then, you know, like, uh, uh, just like put your questions on the shelf kind of thinking, but, but what is best for the group, even if it means um, that it's quirky and innovative. Correct. So, so the United States, so we had just come out of Saturn being in Aquarius, which is where it is now, okay? 
So that's interesting. Saturn had then entered the early degrees of Pisces, which is all about identifying ideals and impressions. And there's a certain aesthetic, I think, to, to Pisces. And Jupiter was in Taurus. That's kind of finding Jupiter. If you think of Jupiter as expansion and reward, finding its reward in security, art. security, well, but, but, comfort, but, yeah, beauty. Comfort. And, and the comfort that comes from knowing that your basic needs are met. And your basic needs are met. Exactly. So out of, so I thought it was interesting to go back and look at the horoscope for the Great Society speech, where out of that came NPR, National Public Radio, the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, National Endowment for the Arts. I mean, we did see the country start to move in a direction to support these leisure aesthetic activities, which, as you so intriguingly pointed out, are one path to the divine, beauty, music, culture, being a path to connect us through the divine. That's what you said, as opposed to connecting through the divine of, you know, of, um, of Shiva, the destroyer, right? Yeah, because they're, again, they're both valid. They they're both, both have to happen. Both have we to don't be make, but if we don't make room for both, then we're left with one. So here's, here's a glimmer of hope. Saturn goes into Pisces next year and Jupiter will go into Taurus. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have to also set up we, are, we are heading, Pluto is taking us into Aquarius too. Yes, power to the people. Power to the people. Yeah, so that's the, the yeah, that, that's the shorthand version of Pluto and Aquarius. And that also is the measurement that was consistent with the French Revolution and people literally lost their heads. Um, of a certain class. And that was the rise of the merchant class in the French Revolution, of the capitalists. So isn't that interesting? Isn't mm -hmm. that interesting that it was the merchants that prevailed in that mm -hmm. particular uprising? And so mm -hmm. now who is going to prevail in this next one? Because Pluto has not entered Aquarius since that time. Who will um, prevail? I, I, can, I, can I throw my hat in the ring as to my yes! prediction? Yes, <laughs> put on your psychic fortune telling whoever ball. whoever has the uh, this isn't psychic this is just reading the tea leaves it's just looking at the obvious but it's just seeing it, the patterns it's yeah. going to be whoever whoever has the most control over the air over the space yes. inside our heads it's going to yes. be not just data but imagination whoever has the most commerce with what we don't see but what we can actually believe is there. And this again comes back to an ensoulment. Whatever we don't, what we don't see, but what we know, what we trust is there and sustaining us in a different way than the earth sustains us. Yeah, and what we're talking about here is, we've talked about this before, about the of extremely significant planetary pattern uh, that only happens once every 200 years, where we had Jupiter and Saturn. This made national news. Everybody was hip to this on December 21st, 2020. 2020? Yeah, 2020. Yeah, 2020. Yeah, 2020. Um, Jupiter and Saturn met up, they came together in the sign of Aquarius, zero degrees Aquarius. It was so and beautiful. I hope some of you actually went outside and looked up and saw that. Yeah, because Jupiter was very close to the, or very close to the Earth, much more closer than it usually is. And so it just looked like this big ginormous star. But in mundane astrology, Jupiter and Saturn meet up every 20 years. And you can use 
that conjunction and the chart for that conjunction as an assessment of a potential business cycle for the next 20 years. Every 200 years, the element that of this great conjunction changes. So for the past 200 years, up until 2020, Jupiter and Saturn had met primarily in earth signs about going back to about the time of the industrial revolution. So as an astrologer at that time would have ascertained that people who were able to mine the earth, control its resources, earthly resources, whatever was on the page would be the people who were going to be writing history and controlling the world. This changes in 2020 because Jupiter and Saturn are now, are now going to be meeting up primarily in air signs for the next 200 years. So the field here is, you know, what comes to my mind is the song, the Kansas song by Kansas, Dust in the Wind. You know, what happens, what happens uh, when air comes in and connects with earth? Well, it turns earth to dust. Mm-hmm. All we are is dust in the wind. That's right, folks. Sing that song. I love my co host is a jukebox. I'm a jukebox. <laughs> I realized that I'm a jukebox because transiting Uranus is opposing my Neptune, which rules my third house. So and I'm going to be bursting into spontaneous song for the next year. Okay. So you're just stuck with it. So, so you, you just, I edit it out usually, but maybe I won't this oh, time. <laughs> maybe you won't. You know, okay. But anyway, but that's, that's an illustration of astrology. Well, yeah. All right. So let me bring this all around full circle then because. Um, when we are talking about the destruction or the just the collapse of a linear paradigm, this is good, but it's going to be painful for a while. But it is good because a new paradigm cannot be generated out of an old paradigm. It's a closed circuit system. So hierarchy includes the fall of empires only to be replaced by new empires. But, only want the same thing, which is that yeah. up and down efficiency of linear thinking and the hoarding at the top and the, and the starvation and the dep- uh, deprivation at the bottom. Right, but let's let's put this one this air paradigm shift in, in. So let's add one more element, no pun intended, into the into this picture, which is that the paradigm shifts from he who or she who dies with the most earthly toys wins. Now it shifts to whoever controls the information and data flow and how. Mm-hmm. We and we're see. seeing this. We're and seeing this, this is what up. we're seeing. Mm-hmm. This is what we're seeing with the, the people who have all the toys, like Elon Musk trying to buy Twitter. Mm-hmm. I mean. Well, and also authoritarian governments like China who have all the data on the people. And, you know, I find facial recognition, even though people say, well, it's inevitable. That is damn scary. But then when so so, you know, like who are going to have the who's going to have the power going forward? You can bet your ass it's Google. It's it's companies like Google. Yes, these are the powerful that that are here now and they're going to get even more powerful. But you can control your own mind. You can learn to mediate what's coming and you can stay clear in your own imagination by doing the kinds of thinking that we are helping to prompt, we hope. So you can also be powerful in a new way, even if you don't have access to the things that in a, an earthbound linear paradigm you need, things are changing. Yeah, you have agency. You don't have to believe and you don't have to believe everything we say. You, need, you get to do your own research. It's important to mm-hmm. be the... Uh, 
a good gatekeeper for your thoughts because Perfect. that's yeah. that is the commodity Perfect. now. Yes. That is the commodity. Yeah. And when you read stories like, oh, look, Jeff, what's his face has bought the uh, he's bought the Washington Post, and Elon Bezos. Musk is Bezos is trying to buy Twitter. You understand the astro logic mm-hmm. of why this is happening and what the potential, what the stakes are here. And maybe you have agency and maybe it motivates you to perhaps do more to participate in the potential that these vast resources of data and intellect and academia, and maybe you'll go run for the school board because you now see, for example, that at a local level, the people who are getting on board literally to decide what children are going to be learning is going to be extremely significant now more than ever because the paradigm has shifted. What people think is what is going to matter. Exactly. I mean that in all senses of the word. So you that's know, I, what I, we I, hope I, this discussion I, can spark. It will help you prevent disaster. And as Elizabeth pointed out to me not too long ago, disaster just simply means disconnected from the stars. Torn from the stars. Well, that's- As I'm getting chills. That's more violent than disconnect. Yeah, torn from the stars. So do not be torn from the stars and then prevent disaster. Get yourself connected by thinking differently. Yeah, I agree. Don't listen. Don't believe it just because we said it. But think of the kinds of questions that we are asking and ask similar kinds of questions. Don't keep trying to resurrect, reform, and rebuild the dying paradigm. Because, for example, you know, the Knights of the Round Table. We're Knights of the Round Table. The Knights of the Round Table. No, it, that's the coolest thing about Camelot. It well, was maybe a it's round time for the table. And the Arthurian legend is making a comeback. There is, yeah. there's, there's something powerful about the return of that kind of king. Well, when we were talking last night, we, we were shell-shocked and, and, you know, we're astrologers so we can see why these things happen. And then it's just sort of like, well, are we ever going to be able to change this paradigm? Venus is in Aries now and it is squaring Pluto. Uh, that is extremes of values and social expression. It's extremes. It's taking a sledgehammer to hang a picture instead of a mallet. Okay, you're using mm. extreme social expression oh let me and jump in Mars, and just but and, and uranus is also at 15 degrees taurus and that is ruled by venus so she's got a really big sledgehammer at her disposal right now correct and uranus when you whenever you have a planet halfway through a sign particularly the slower moving ones it accelerates the potential that's been in development as as the you know the planet goes it goes forward and it goes backwards and forward and backward. And finally it crosses the halfway point and then it, it, it sort of wraps up to its conclusion in the sign. So Uranus has been in Taurus since, I don't know, four years or something for a seven year stay. Uh, and it started we, in May, 2000. I'm doing this from memory. 2018. May, 2017. No, it started. 
it went in and then it dipped out and then and it, it actually it, entered April of 2018, I think. April 2018, right. And Joe Biden was our poster child for, for Uranus moving in Taurus because his moon is at zero degrees of Taurus. And in fact, Joe Biden was making news when Uranus dipped into Taurus because everybody was talking about, hey, that guy hugs people, which what else would a moon in Taurus do? Exactly. Because <laughs> they're going to touch but people. It, but it made people, but it disrupted this notion because Uranus is the disruptor. Taurus is sensual, se- meaning not, not sexual, but sensual, the senses. Joe Biden becomes the poster child for Uranus in Taurus because all of a sudden people are looking at him going, well, he hugged somebody. Is that is that okay? So this whole sense that we've taken for granted that a hug is always comforting. Well, we weren't saying that. Right. The media was saying well, that. Well, Just, well, I know, yeah. but, it, but it's interesting that, you know, and so I, I thought at that time that we were going to be on some journey about having to totally reevaluate when, when it is okay to hug someone. And then all of a sudden, then two years later, COVID comes in and I'm going, well, that was pretty prescient because we really do have to evaluate whether it is safe and secure to hug somebody because we could get COVID if we hug them. So this is awesome. That's amazing. I never caught that. Isn't that amazing? I'm so amazing. Good Lord. When I went back and looked at what I wrote in in April of 2018, I thought, man, that was brilliant. And I didn't even know it. Oh, well, I'm here to tell you, you are brilliant. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So are you. Anyway, point is, so Uranus, the disruptor in Taurus, we anticipate we're going to have disruptions in all things related to material comfort and security, our food, everything that comes out of the earth, our homes, giving somebody a hug, the beauty industry, the retail industry. Okay. So Uranus now at 15 degrees into the sign, it's been four years of going back and forth. Now it's got three more years to go, but now it's at the halfway point. So now we're likely to see an acceleration of, of bringing this disruption uh, you know, into reality. So for example, when I look at the Guardian's uh, headlines here, there's a story about the biggest, uh, the, the biggest factory for you know, homegrown fake meat or whatever it, it's, it's gonna be, they're building that because Uranus disrupts the beef industry. All of a sudden the impossible burger becomes a profitable thing. And so here today with Uranus at 15 degrees of Taurus, we're looking at the story about uh, this, disruption, innovation in the meat industry. Okay. Um, which literally Taurus cow, which literally Taurus the cow. Okay. But what were um, we saying about Venus though, about Venus? Okay. Um, so, v- so Venus, all right. So Venus is squaring Pluto. So our social expression is through the roof in, in extremes and Mars is in Aries operating with high efficiency. And this weekend it will meet up with Jupiter. So, you know, maybe, I mean, this could be ridiculously wishful thinking on my part, but just maybe, maybe it will spark not only some anger about what has just happened this week with this yet another shooting with a military grade weapon of children, but maybe it will spark action. I I think so. I think that, um, I think a flashpoint, and I'm going to hand this back over to you again, because I think you explained this so brilliantly and, and uh, clearly, the flashpoint is going to be the J6 commission. Start, which will start on June 9th with Mercury. So what, first of all, let's say what it is. Okay. What? The J6, the J6 commission. The yeah, J6, yeah they, they've been hemming and hawing about televising 
their findings with so with so this is the the congressional um, hearings on the insurrection and I don't brook any discussion about it being anything other than an insurrection. That's an what attempted, it was. It was attempted an attempted, attempted coup. coup. And if you don't agree with that, then um, we, we just have to agree to disagree was, on that. And it was an inside job. So now astrologically, so that's what's going on. And it's looking to see what were the actual, um, what, to what extent and who were the actors who knew that the extent was what it was of trying to take over the government on January 6th of 2021. And, um, and the findings have already proven to be, um, here's that word again, explosive. So you lay out the astrology for it because I think what's coming is that sort of... Um, action that you've just delineated toward the good and people just saying that's it i'm done being apathetic and i'm done of not having any freedom even though i'm told i'm free i'm done i'm done i'm done i'm not going to watch another child be detonated again and i think it's going to dovetail with what comes out of the astrology of this j6 commission so the j6 commission hearing scheduled right now 8 p.m june 9th 2022 in washington dc it's very interesting mercury will have turned direct but it will still be in taurus and it will be on algal heads will roll that's one thing. Very interesting. Um, Venus will be in Taurus where she's very strong and she will mm -hmm. be within two degrees of a conjunction to Uranus. So which we've just discussed. She's already got at her disposal now to liberate things, she has change a, things. To shake things up. And the moon is going to be in Libra, which Venus also disposes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that Venus the, rules it. It's the masculine sign that Venus is, um, has her temple. Mm -hmm. and, so, and the moon is in the 10th house, lighting up everything for everybody to see. Government. And government. So shining a light on our government. And it's so fascinating. I really wonder if they had some help. And the wait, also, time. the moon is the mood of the people. The ascendant of this horoscope, like I said, I wonder if they had help. Because the angles correspond within one degree of the angles of the Sibley chart of the United States. Basically, the, the angles are the United States. So the midheaven, top of the chart, just, is just, one degree I Libra. This. I love thinking about that. Who is the mystery Who? astrologer down like, on the hill? I tell you people, it's not me. <laughs> I wish, but it's not me. I, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. If, How does this dovetail with people wanting to take action? I think what we're going to, here's my suggestion. Okay. I, I think what you're laying out here is a scenario where because we've seen over and over again, like, well, if people, even just with this shooting, if people were not going to take action after the Sandy Hook massacre, they were never going to take it. And so that's kind of how we've come to feel about just about everything that we've been watching slip away from, quote unquote, normal over the past five years or even longer, but definitely since the last administration. I think, however, there's going to be a different mood this time where people do say, I, I really can't do this anymore. And my apathy has just kept me from being connected to the truth I want to live. I think this is going to start feeling very personal for people. And they're going to go beyond what the media is telling them they're supposed to be thinking and, and cheering for or cheering against. I think people are, I think this is going to start breaking free. I think that that Uranus energy will start to catalyze people to at a baseline level here, what I'm saying is people are going to actually start thinking differently because they're going to start thinking about themselves, regardless of the filters that have been put in place by the media and by the media that uh, that is controlled by those hoarders at the top. That's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting that this is the beginning of people just saying, hey, I don't, I don't know what's going on, but it can't be what they've told me is going on. The, own, the one caveat I have about the potential for action out of this 
is that the ruler of the chart is Jupiter and Aries. It's at the bottom of the chart. So it's angular, meaning it has, it has some traction and it is, it has, it, it has agency to act. It's it powerful. has agency and it has, it has some dignity. Again, what we mean by that is agency. The only thing that I wish were more effective about this chart, I wish that the planet that is ruling this chart was more engaged with some, it has no support. It's at the root of the, it's, it's at the root of the chart. It's strong in its placement, but there's nothing that's going to, there's nothing, there's no dance partner here. I don't, there, it's not connected to anything else in the horoscope. It's no. unaspected, but it's unaspected. You know, the only it's, it's going to, the next thing that's going to connect with it is Mercury, but Mercury has to change signs. So some change has to, the fundamental shift in our thinking has to happen before yes. anything's going to come out of this thing. But so that's, that's my only, that's my only concern about this. And it's very interesting to see that, you know, you've been talking about this whole um, question of faith and conspiracy and all that other stuff, but the midheaven, if we, we have a midpoint picture here, of midheaven equals Jupiter Neptune. So it's going to be such a certain extent, there's a bit of make believe here, which is if you don't want to believe it, you're not going to believe it. And so you're kind of stuck with that still. Okay. A couple of thoughts on, on what you just said. First of all, okay. I, I think that is, you've outlined what I'm, what I'm saying. You know, we're going to have a change in thought. That doesn't necessarily mean we're going to suddenly have people rushing out into the street to take action. But the change, right. the action that is going to occur is going to be in our minds. It's going to be in, 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 our, in our heads. People are going to say, I, I don't know what to believe, but it can't be this. They're going to start asking different questions. That is Mercury about to change signs, a change in thinking. Mm. And if it's unsupported, if Jupiter is unsupported and doesn't have any aspect to Mars, for example, but it's still in Mars's temple. So it is, and Mars is trying to be ascendant. And, and, and conjunct the part of fortune. Yeah, well, I didn't know that. But Jupiter is gathering its information. And its information is a little bit on the holy roller side, being in, <clears throat> in, Mar in Mars's temple. But with Mercury changing the way we're thinking, I see those two together as changing the way we're thinking and then rolling with it. Now, as we've been saying, and particularly coming up on October when we have some other transits that support it, that, that could mean more violence, mm. more explosions more mm -hmm. pain but but the change in thinking is coming and then the idea that you know there's it's only make-believe you know what that's the other side of when you govern your own imagination and you try to harness it and by getting out of the way or by actually starting to tune in those those energies we don't see but that are real the the air the air coming toward us the you know the imaginary realm but that is actually just as real as the the, the realm of matter some people can't do it they can't do it. They're not, they don't have the skills. Yeah. They, they've, you know, they are true believers. Mm -hmm. They are, uh, they have rented their identity because that's what's been safe for them. They've been able to rent out their headspace. Somebody filled it with the propaganda they needed them to fill it with, needed for that mass of people to believe. And now that is what those people are acculturated to believe. That's that transit you're talking about, or that is that um, aspect you're talking about with Neptune there. Some Jupiter people really, Neptune. yeah, Jupiter and Neptune, they're going to believe what they're told because that's what they do. And that's not everybody because the flip side of that neutral energy is I'm going to believe in a different dream with the change of thinking. 
And there goes Someone, the yeah, the, the cosmos agree. Yeah. Well, Elizabeth, this was fantastic. I'm glad that we re-recorded it so that we could make more sense and flow. Folks, yes. this is pretty much off script here. We just, this is us talking and we appreciate yeah. that. You want to spend your time listening to us hash yes. it out. And, te- and where can we be found? Well, we, everybody knows where you are because they're listening to you on Ensouled Astrology, right? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, they are listening through ensouled.substack.com, but we are on iTunes and some other places. Thank you everyone for listening and continuing to listen. If you would like to support us materially, you can go to ensouled.substack.com. We would love to have you as a sustaining member. And you can yeah. always tell people that you found this really interesting take on the news and on what's coming uh, toward us. And in fact, you can kind of like jujitsu it. It's coming towards you, but maybe you can actually use it to move forward. At least you won't <laughs> be thrown off center so right. much by what happens. You're not going to the mat. So yeah. <laughs> um, and if you want to check out the forecast on which this podcast is predicated, go to graceastrology.com and, uh, and I'm ensouledastrology.com. We are so grateful that you are there and we will look forward to being with you the next time on episode nine. This has been episode eight. Until yep. then, look up. Look up. Look at up. At the stars, not the capital. Look exactly. up at the stars. Yes.